Washington Capitals are through to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And it is Alex Ovechkin who put them through. It was tied up at 1-1 at Columbus last night. And Ovi scored. And then Ovi scored again. Caps led 3-1. They won 6-3. And now we get the number one individual matchup in hockey. It's Sidney Crosby against Alex Ovechkin again. They have met three times in the playoffs. And Ovi has never won. And every time the Penguins have eliminated the Caps, Pittsburgh has gone on to win the Stanley Cup. 09, 16, and 17. Every time. Actually, 91 to 92 as well, but that's not really relevant to Sid and Ovi. Sid and Ovi are both coming into this series at the top of their game. Sid had six goals and seven assists in six games against Philadelphia. Ovechkin had five goals and three apples in six games against Columbus. You can say that Ovi has never beat Sid, and that's true. But Ovi has usually done his part. Ovi has 12 goals and 14 assists in 20 playoff games against Pittsburgh, but he wasn't great last year, just two goals and three assists in seven games. The difference between the two players in the postseason is... At the moment of truth, Sid is the man, and not just against Ovi. So, here we go again. Sidney Crosby against Alex Ovechkin. Pittsburgh Penguins against Washington Capitals. And with the status of Evgeny Malkin not known, it is too close to call. This is the Mark Madden Show. If I had a dime for every time I watched a hockey game, and saw a player better than Sidney Crosby, I would have zero dimes. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call, or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. Evgeny Malkin and Carl Haglin did not practice today. Penguins coach Mike Sullivan calls each day today. We also don't have a schedule for the series yet, And since we don't yet have it, that indicates to me it will probably start Saturday at D.C. Friday at D.C. is taken for an NBA playoff game at that arena. And now it's too quick to start the series on Thursday. If Evgeny Malkin plays in this series and is anywhere near 100%, the Penguins would win. But if Geno can't go, and with Washington having won four in a row against Columbus, the Caps got momentum. Holtby is playing very well in net, but this is the second round, and this is Pittsburgh. If Geno misses a couple games, the series is still winnable. Heck, it's winnable even if Geno doesn't play at all. I'll talk about that more a bit later. But Matt Murray's going to have to play better, especially if Geno can't go at the beginning of the series or for the entire series. One thing was crystal clear in the Penguins series against Philadelphia, and that is Sidney Crosby is still the best player in the world. I don't care how many points McDavid had in the regular season or how McKinnon elevated Colorado 
and Taylor Hall this and Kucherov that and Frig Club Giroux. We just saw what Giroux is all about in the Penguin series against Philly. Claude the Fraud. Sidney Crosby went out in a Stanley Cup playoff series and just took over. Sid took over every game. Sid took over just about every shift. Sid took over, and he elevated. Jake Gensel doesn't have that crazy series if he's not on Sid's line. So Sid is still the best hockey player in the world. In fact, the only guy who takes over games like that sometime is Alexander Ovechkin, like Ovi did last night at Columbus just by shooting. McDavid, Hall, McKinnon, and Giroux are all out the playoffs. Now we got Sid versus Ovi, and I advice to the kids, like McDavid, like Hall, like McKinnon, my advice to those kids is watch and learn, baby diapers. Well, with Giroux, it'd be adult diapers, and I bet he fills them too. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. It's the Mark Madden Show here on the home of the Penguins. The X at 105.9. I always say 105.9 the X. I've been saying it wrong since I got here. It's supposed to be the X at 105.9. The Capitals, like I said, eliminated Columbus last night. Bobrovsky was rotten in the net for Columbus. Toronto beat Boston and forced a game seven there. That should be crazy. The Blue Jackets still have never got out the first round of the playoffs. They have only made the playoffs four times in 18 seasons and got knocked out in the first round every time. They can pretend all they want in Columbus, but it's not yet much of a franchise, and you're not going to win with Bob. In the regular season, yes. In the playoffs, never. People bitch because some of the preferred matchups take place in the second round. They don't like the NHL playoff format. They want all 16 teams to be seeded, one through 16, one place 16, etc., or at least to do that in the conferences, one through eight in the East, one through eight in the West. Don't stick to divisional matchups in the first two rounds. And I get it. The first two rounds, who plays who, it can be a bit repetitive. But how can anybody get tired of Sid versus Ovi? And why wouldn't you want to see Winnipeg versus Nashville? A good series is a good series no matter what round it takes place. The first round of the NFL draft is Thursday. And the Steelers are going to pick an inside backer. Unless they don't. I don't understand the rumor that Baker Mayfield may go to Cleveland with the first overall pick. Why would you take that risk with that pick? He's six foot one. You can't take the six one quarterback, the short guy. You can't take him first overall. Yeah, I know. Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. Okay, keep going. Not a lot of shorties done real good at the QB position, especially in recent years. And you don't know where Mayfield's head is at. And I don't get the notion that you shouldn't take Saquon Barkley first overall. The Penn State running back. I hear all the talking heads on what used to be the worldwide leader, and they say, you got to take the quarterback. It's a quarterback league. It's the position that matters most. 
And that's true, except Barkley is a generational talent at running back, and he is the surest thing available. You know Barkley will come into the league and be good, and be good right away. Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback, went number two overall last year to Chicago. Leonard Fournette went number four overall to Jacksonville. He's a running back. Jacksonville went from three wins the year before to the AFC Championship game. The Bears were still the Bears, which is the worst-case scenario. Yeah, I know they beat the Steelers. That was kind of funny. But the Bears sucked. Fournette, and come to think of it, Jacksonville beat the Steelers not once but twice. That was kind of funny, too. Fournette had more short-term impact, and I bet he has more long-term impact with Jacksonville than Trubisky does with Chicago. Yeah, it's a passing league, but what if the quarterback you draft can't pass? What if he's not any good? Uh, Getting back to Baker Mayfield, he may well be a very good quarterback in the league, and maybe he's a good pick in the middle of the first round, but I can't take him number one. For that matter... I can't take him before Darnold under any circumstance, and probably not before Allen and Rosen. Although Allen and Rosen have definite flaws and get mixed reviews. If you're a GM, you don't want to take a pick that could get you fired. Taking Baker Mayfield at number one overall, that's a pick that could get you fired. This is the Mark Madden Show. Today going to be great. At 4.30, he is the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media, Stan Saverin. And at 5.15, back after battling cancer and winning from NBC Sports, it's NHL analyst and former Penguins coach Enzo, Eddie Olchek, with the Derby picks. Even though it's like, what, two weeks away? But I want them now because, you know, I need dough like anybody. It's the Mark Madden Show. You're listening to The X at 105.9. This is Brian Dumoulin of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9, The X. It's double M on The X. And I can't get over Jake Ensel being mic'd up for that game at Philadelphia Sunday. Uh, yesterday, I posted all those crazy stats about Jake, how he's fifth all-time in goals per game in Stanley Cup playoff history. Rocket Richard, number four, just above Jake. Wayne Gretzky, number six, just below Jake. And today I posted the video of Jake being mic'd up at Philadelphia Sunday, the four-goal game for number 59, and it's just pure gold. How lucky is that? You mic up one guy, and he scores four goals. Now, you can go to the Mark Madden page at the X website, and watch it, or you can listen right now. Let's listen to the sound all the way through because it's great. Jake is just so happy. I'd like to be that happy. Wait, I was that happy just the other day when Jake Gensel scored four goals to eliminate the Flyers. Let's listen to Jake. Last time you did that, I scored, so... I told you not to. I told you. Yeah! You woke us up. Yeah! Yeah! 
That's awesome. Jake sounds like a teenager who got to third base for the first time. Remember that? We were all yelling and screaming. I hope Jake Gensel never changes. He's the best. Although I do hope his voice changes. You can check out that video on the Mark Madden page at the X website. The great thing about the matchup between the Caps and Penguins is how neurotic each fan base is. The Pens fans are assuming victory. And the Capitals fans seem to be divided into two groups. There's the, this is our year group, to whom I say, hey, wasn't last year supposed to be your year? Or was that the year before that was supposed to be your year? And then you got the Caps fans who assume defeat but are nonetheless defiant. Yeah, you guys might win all the time, but Sid's a whiner or whatever. It's like Flyers fans after the series lost to the Penguins on Sunday. They hauled out all the old artillery on social media. You guys went bankrupt. You guys almost moved to Kansas City. You guys tanked to get Sid. You guys tanked to get Mario. You guys get all the calls. The league wants you to win. Your attendance sucked when you weren't good. You don't even have an NBA team. That's right, we don't have an NBA team, and that's just how we like it. And for the record, we went bankrupt twice. Not once, but twice. Those Jamokes in Philly, their teammate won for 43 years. You'd think, at long last, they would just take their medicine and shut the frig up. Uh, Rob Rossi tweeted the nuts and bolts of playoff games played between Sid and Ovi. It's some pretty amazing stuff because it is so close. The Pens won in seven games in 09, six games in 16, and seven games last year. So the Penguins are 12 and 8, 6 and 5 at DC, 5 and 4 in Pittsburgh, 8 and 5 in one bowl games, and 2 and 0 in game sevens. There were seven overtime games out of the 20 games played, and the Penguins won four of those. Maybe the most amazing number is 13 of the 20 games played were decided by one goal, and that includes the seven overtime games. I'm expecting a lot of close games in this series because, A, it's a close matchup, but, B, maybe more important, these two teams are just used to playing close games. If you want to talk pens, caps, and to reiterate, we still don't know when the series starts. I'm told the schedule won't even be announced until tomorrow which means the series will start Saturday because they're not going to play game one on a day's notice. Friday, the D.C. arena is booked for an NBA playoff game, so that points to Saturday at D.C., game one. Malkin, day-to-day, 
Haglund day-to-day? Who knows what that really means? I will say this. I don't think Sully is lying when he says Haglund is upper body and Gino is lower body because we all saw Gino's leg collapse under him. That's lower body. And Haglund gets smacked in the mush by Giroux. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster of the Steelers did an ad for Pizza Hut where he dances when the doorbell rings. That's right. He dances when the doorbell rings. Pizza Hut wants people to dance in celebration when the doorbell rings for delivery, and Juju is in this ad showing how to do it. Hey, he's just having fun. Let the kid have fun. Why can't he have fun? Otherwise, I have no comment. Shania Twain, the singer, she's Canadian. But she said if she were American, she'd have voted for Donald Trump. So Jalen Rose of ESPN criticized Shania Twain on Twitter and tagged in Get Up, his show. That's the morning show with Greeny and Michelle Beadle that is absolutely bombing. Uh, Jalen Rose said to Shania Twain, quote, Welcome to the walk of shame, which has an odd connotation to say to a woman, I think. And that's why that show is tanking. Well, that's one reason anyway. No one wants to hear some ex-NBA guy waxing political about a Canadian singer. And you can't do entertainment, and, and that's all ESPN is, is entertainment. You can't tailor entertainment to the left or right. You might hate Trump, but you better make sure people who voted for Trump want to watch your TV show or your football game or whatever it is you do in entertainment. That's reality. Uh, Bomani Jones is supposed to get a show on ESPN. He's black. His co-host will be Asian American, which is fine. Bomani Jones said, quote, I don't think it's effective to ramrod politics into your sports discussion. Unquote. And Bamani Jones is exactly right. But when he gets his show, how much you want to bet Bamani Jones does exactly that? 412-333-9939, the number to call. We got Stan Saverin at 430. And we're going to keep talking about Capitals and Penguins because here we go again. I'm Mark Madden, 1059 X. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. And he drink, smoked pot, figured if he showed up at rehab wrecked, it gave him a better shot at getting most improved. The X at 105.9. I said uh, a little earlier how there's some irony that McDavid didn't make the playoffs. Taylor Hall went out in the first round. Nathan McKinnon went out in the first round. Claude Giroux, not that young, but had... A great season statistically. He went out in the first round. And the two older stars, Ovechkin at 32 and Crosby at 30, they're meeting in the playoffs. They're meeting in the spotlight series of the second round. And I got a couple tweets that noted, well, what about Nashville and Winnipeg? That's the spotlight series. No, it's not. Pittsburgh versus Washington is the spotlight series because casual hockey fans know who Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby are. In fact, to a casual hockey fan, those two guys are hockey. 
Casual hockey fans, and this is no insult to Nashville and Winnipeg, are two very good teams. People couldn't even name two or three players between Nashville and Winnipeg unless they're more than casual fans, unless they're hardcore fans. In fact, I don't think a casual hockey fan could even find a map and point out where Winnipeg is. Make no mistake, Sid and Gino, excuse me, well, wishful thinking, hopefully he'll be back. Sid and Ovi are in the spotlight. And uh, to me, Ovechkin's the key for Washington, duh. He had 49 goals last year after just 33 last year. And Ovi needs to take over. He can, but can he do it in the playoffs and against Pittsburgh? I can't see, like, T.J. Oshie taking over this series or Kuznetsov. How about this? Here's what tells you the value of Ovechkin and how he is that Capitals team. Nicholas Backstrom, their center, had 15 less points this year. And Kuznetsov had 24 more points. You know why that was? Because Kuznetsov played with Ovi and Backstrom did not. Backstrom was Ovi center. He isn't anymore. His production went down by 15 points. Kuznetsov moved in to that spot, to Ovechkin center, and had 24 more points. Now, Ovi isn't better than Sid. He's not. Never has been, isn't now. Better goal score, okay, but that's it. But Ovi is of Sid's caliber, and he can't win a series like this. Uh, Alex Ovechkin has 51 goals and 47 assists in 103 career NHL playoff games. So you can make fun of the Caps and that second-round stuff and never beating the Pens, and their two celebrity fans are a failed ESPN personality and a failed porn star. Actually, she was pretty good at that and nothing else. And all that is hilarious. But Ovi's done his part. It's not his fault. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Let's go to Gatsby in Fox Chapel. Gatsby, you're on with Double M. Good afternoon, Mark. Good afternoon, Gatsby. Hey, I was wondering if you could talk about the uh, special teams battles between the Pens and Caps in a tight series. I looked at this. Especially uh, if we're going to be without Malkin at all. And on the PK side, is it just going to be Ovi in the left spot just waiting for the one well, well, let me Let me ask you. The Penguins PK in the first round against Philadelphia. And Philadelphia has a pretty good power play. Killed off 19 of 21 penalties. And, and had a big kill. Monstrous in that four on three uh, in game six. But Haglin may or may not be available for the first game, and Washington's power play is a whole nother kettle of fish. So how much faith do you have in the Penguins' PK right now? I thought they did better on the road than at home. Those few silly goals were in Pittsburgh. Um, but, yeah, I agree. We need Haglin to, to pressure the point. Well, you know, you know what's weird, too, is that Ovi lines up on that left dot all the time, right? Right. And you know he's going to pull the trigger from there time and again, right? Coming. And he just scores over and over. How do you know what's coming and not stop it? But I can tell you how. He's just that damn good. 
What about on the Penn side, if Malkin can't go, who do you see? Because I think we only saw that one time uh, last game without Malkin. Who's going to fill that role on the top power play? Uh, well, the power play today at practice was uh, Gensel replacing Malkin. Because don't forget, Hornquist is back. But Sid was on the uh, uh, the right half wall where Malkin usually is. So guys will move around a little bit. Really, Sid will take the Geno spot. And Gensel will take the Sid spot. Okay. So, so I think that I don't think the power play is a problem, and that's no knock on Gino. Gino's just just tremendous. But uh, the the PK without Haglin and against Ovi, you know what I thought of sometimes. And thank you for the call, Gatsby. Is like why don't teams? And I don't even know if this has ever really been done. Why wouldn't you man up on Ovi? And just defend the rest of the power play three on four. Just try to take Ovi out the power play. Why wouldn't you do that? I guess teams have, but that doesn't seem to work either. And then there's the positioning with uh, your other three guys. And here's what, what, what Ovi would do if you manned up on him with the power play. He'd skate to the front of the net and take his guy with him. And then that, that just clogs the front and opens the ice up on the perimeter where the Capitals could make good use of that. Plus, you know what else they do sometimes? Ovi will slip down low, Carlson will slip into that spot, and he's got just as good a shot, well, not just as good, but a, a real good shot, comparable to Ovi's, and he can score too. By the way, according to Jason Mackey, today's power play is a practice where power play number one, Crosby, Schultz, Hornquist, Gunsel, and Kessel. Power play number two, Mata, Latang, Broussard, Sherry, and Simon. Who's on the fourth line now if Haglin and, and Gino can't go? And if you're just tuning in, Mike Sullivan said today, Haglin and Gino are day-to-day. God knows what they really are, but but that's the word, they're day-to-day. Now, Gino did not have any contraption on his afflicted leg, like a walking boot or a cast or anything like that. And Haglin was walking around under his own power. It's kind of funny. When I read that on Twitter, did, did people expect him to be walking around bumping into walls because he's so shaken up from that hit? If so, he just wouldn't be at the facility at all. He'd be he'd be in a hospital. But uh, but we don't know when those guys are going to come back. And I suppose the fourth line now would be Rowney, Simone, and Kuhnhockel. Yikes. So, Haggy, Gino, please do get well. 412-333-9939, the number to call up. In a moment, we're going to talk about this year's Capitals against last year's Capitals. Because I think this year's Capitals aren't as good as last year's Capitals, but they may pose a bigger threat for some abstract reasons, which may or may not make sense, but hey, three hours is a long time to fill. If you were wondering, I I got a confession to make. The first half hour of the show was taped, so I could watch uninterrupted the first half of Liverpool-Roma in the Champions League semifinal. And the score from Anfield at the half is Liverpool 2, Roma 0. Uh, so far, so good. But uh, not just 45 minutes of football left to be paid, played, but uh, 135 minutes, the return leg being next week at Rome. But uh, so far, so good. Here's something that, that, that we could talk about if you cared at all about soccer. But it's quirky and isn't indigenous to soccer. Well, actually, it is indigenous to soccer because a lot of guys do this. Mo Salah, who plays for Liverpool, 
that has both goals today and has 42 goals or whatever it is on the season. He's so good that like Kenny Dalglish, who's Liverpool's best player ever, he's like this 70-year-old guy. He's in the stands. Salah scored a goal that was so good that the king, Kenny, he's jumping up and down. Just incredible. So anyway, Mo Salah played for Roma just last year, his opponent today. After both goals, he refused to celebrate. His teammates went nuts, but he refused to celebrate. He didn't want it to reflect badly on his old team, which is fine with me if he just keeps scoring goals. You know, what good does it do to poke him in the eye? If you just scored a goal, that's good enough. So we'll keep talking about the pens and caps. I, I want to talk a little bit about the draft, too. But it's it's so hard when the Steelers pick so late. And, and like, I could name all the inside linebackers people are talking about. I don't know anything about them. You don't know anything about them. Mel Kuyper Jr. doesn't know anything about them, which we'll talk about later. It's just such a crapshoot. I think elevating players from the college football ranks to the pro football ranks is the toughest jump to make in any sport. I mean, baseball is a more gradual climb through all the levels. But the jump from the college level to pro football is extremely difficult. Here's something interesting, though. You can bet in Vegas on who's going to be the first pick in the draft. You know what? If the Cleveland Browns, like, they would probably, like, bet on the wrong guy. And they're making the first pick. That would be so typical Browns. Uh, but here are the odds. Sam Darnold, the quarterback, is 5-12, to 12, a prohibitive favorite. Josh Allen, another quarterback, 8-5. to five. Saquon Barkley, 11-2. Josh Rosen, 18-1. Baker Mayfield, his odds have dropped all the way down to 10-1. So he's like uh, the fourth favorite. And Bradley Chubb, 45-1. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But... Uh, Again, I, I keep coming back to Saquon Barkley as the surest thing in the draft, in many ways the safest pick, and he'll definitely have the most immediate impact. Especially if I'm the Browns and I can get a quarterback, then again there's the argument they've screwed up so many times taking a quarterback. Then again there's the rumor that they might take Baker Mayfield with the first pick overall, the six-one guy. There's only one Drew Brees, and if there's a second one, I feel relatively confident in proclaiming that it won't be Baker Mayfield. 412-333-9939. We want your calls. We want your participation because they're going to kick off again in about, wow, pretty soon. Halftime just flew by. And uh, we got some sports talk news as well. The most fabled guy in uh, recent American sports talk history, Retired just four months ago, and now he's back. And on the same station, and in the same time slot. And it's not me. If I were gone for four months, I'd like to think you would have noticed. 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. All hail Finn, all hail Mark Madden. I think that says a lot about my integrity. I love it. I think it's great. Achtung, baby. The X at 105.9. If you're expecting anything resembling focus or professional sports talk for the next 40 minutes, I'm afraid I've got some bad news because they've kicked off at Anfield in the 51st minute, still 2-0 Liverpool Football Club. Uh, Jeff Capel, the new Pitt football coach, 
He signed apparently some big-time recruit. But my question is, is it a big-time recruit by whose standards? I mean, it's good they got him, but there's all this this raucous celebrating on Twitter by the Pitt faithful, and boy, it's a bit early for that. And maybe it's a nice little early victory for the new Pitt head coach, but uh, that's a big job. And in the short term, well, I'd be prepared for another couple really bad years. I really would. You hope for more, but be realistic. Be realistic, and, and for the sake of Jeff Capel, be fair. No Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Uh, a controversy in, well, in, in the social media universe. Jay Feely, the former kicker, took a photo and posted it on Twitter of him, his daughter, and her prom date. And he's standing there holding a gun. And he hashtagged it bad boys because in bad boys too, there's a scene where, you know, that's the buddy cop comedy, uh, Will Smith and Mark Lawrence. And there's a scene in bad boys too, where a a date comes to pick up. I forget whose daughter. I think it's Mark Lawrence's and they answer the door and Will Smith pulls a gun and they're just intimidating the bejesus out of this kid. So Jay Feely obviously meant it as a joke. And all the gun control people are going insane. Oh, that's such a terrible example to set, yada, yada. It's a joke. And if you don't think it's funny, well, not everybody thinks every joke is funny. Humor is up to individual interpretation. It really is. But people are going just nuts about Jay Feely. It was a movie reference. He meant it as a joke. And that should really be the end of it. And I'm for more gun control. I am. But God, social media has robbed us of our ability to laugh at anything. And it's reduced, and I do mean reduced, everything we post or say on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, you have to have a serious discussion about it. And I felt bad for Jay Feely because this was so harmless and he had to have this, this serious discussion about it. Let's go to Shane and Butler. Shane, you're on with Double M. How's it going, Double M? Terrific. Hey, I want to talk to you about um, that conversation you talked about by manning up on Ovechkin whenever we're on the penalty kill. And um, who you think would be best fit to do that? And if Ovechkin did go to the front of the net, which you also discussed, uh, couldn't the defenseman and the penalty kill discuss and have like a talk? and they could go back to their two-on-two type ordeal? I I don't know who the best person to put on Ovechkin would be because you need someone who was both a good skater and very strong on those skates. So, I I don't know, maybe you can tell me. I don't think there's an obvious pick. I I I really don't. And and they're not going to do it anyway, which simplifies. Uh But having Carl back would be the biggest uh, factor, in my opinion, because... Carl could do that. But no, having Gino back would be more important than having Carl Hagelin back. Thank you for the call. I'm not diminishing the importance of Carl Hagelin. He's a hell of a player. But uh, I, I just, Gino's one of the five best players in the world. The, the thing where they miss Hagelin the most, or will if he can't play, because we don't know the status of either. But if Hagelin can't play, he sets the tone with his forecheck. And, um,. If Gino doesn't play, it's not as big a problem. If Hagelin doesn't play, well, it is, but but the, but the one place where Hagelin 
really adds something is when Gino and Kessel play together, Hagelin is the conscience on that line. He makes the smart play, makes the simple play, he forechecks, he backchecks. He's the perfect guy to have on a line with Gino and Phil. Let's go to Chris and Zillian Opal. Chris, you're on with Double M. Hi, hi, Mark Madden. Hi, Chris. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Terrific. I, Let's... Say, I think the Penguins are going to beat a better team, and they're going to beat the Capitals. I think it's going to get a seven games. Of... I just want to tell you, I think it's 3 nothing Liverpool. That's what I want to tell you. Goodbye. That's all that matters. This is amazing. And there's so much game left that I can't get too excited. 412-333-9939. Andy Benoit, our buddy from the Monday Morning Quarterback. He tweets, Saquon Barkley's game against Iowa was the most impressive collegiate performance I've ever seen. Would not fault any NFL team for investing hugely in him. No, you certainly wouldn't fault any NFL team for investing hugely in him. Nor would you blame the Cleveland Browns. They took him first overall. Let me, this is totally cliched sports talk radio. If you had a choice, who would you take first? If you had the bronze pick, first overall, who would you take? And don't tell me it depends on who's going to be available at the fourth pick, or I could trade down. Tell me, would you put, would you pick Barkley or a quarterback? It's a good question. Because, I mean, I can't believe there's not more support for taking Barkley first overall. He's the surest bet. He'll have the most immediate impact. 412-333-9939. In just 30 seconds, I'm going to give you a blueprint for how the Penguins can still beat the Capitals if Evgeny Malkin and Carl Hagelin can't play. 105.9 The X.